Welcome to Diary of a Professional Tennis Coach with Mark Gellard and Candy Reid. Welcome to the latest edition of Diary of a Professional Tennis Coach with Mark Gellard. Mark, we find you in Rome at the moment and we find you unfortunately in the rain, uh, which is not good news. I'm supposed to be commentating on a couple of court one matches which have been delayed, but that does give us the good fortune anyway to chat. And uh, perhaps you could tell us firstly what you do when it rains and perhaps it could rain all day. Hi, Candy. Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, it's not I would say this is the number one most frustrating thing for players on tour and coaches because, unfortunately, tennis is weather-dependent. And unlike a lot of other sports, whether it's an indoor basketball game or an outdoor football game, it's we can't really play in the rain. And actually, clay is one of the few surfaces where there is a little bit more give. But, um, yeah, it's just been raining all night. So matches, are, I think they were supposed to start at 11 and the organisers just pushed it back or postponed it to 11.30 and now it's 12.30. So... Everyone's kind of waiting around in limbo at the moment, which is dangerous because you either go as a coach, you either go do more gym workouts or you go to the restaurant and eat more. So it's <laughs> it's a it's it's one of those two, depending on your mood. Well, one is better than the other, I would say. Is that how you generally spend your time is either in the gym or in the restaurant chatting? Yeah, I think, I mean, everyone's different. I think you see some girls find a corner of the restaurant or the lounge and read books. Some play card games. Um a lot of you know nowadays a lot of people just on their phone watching videos etc but um i tried i went this morning did a workout and um yeah we're gonna head on site still about 12 30 uh because rome uh as i've said before the tournaments provide free food for the players during the event so we'll go and get lunch and rome is probably well not probably is by far the best food on tour the whole year so it's a good <laughs> and dangerous time <laughs> So the food is good and the uh, hairdressers seem to be good because you've, unfortunately, our listeners can't see, but um, you've had a very smart haircut. Yeah, well, they offer, a lot of these tournaments offer on-site hairdressing for free. And uh, being English, I like the free part. And also <laughs> the fact we're in Italy means you're going to get a good job done. So I, uh, I came in for a little trim yesterday, hopefully uh, a little bit more aerodynamic and lighter on the scales. And uh, is Magda partaking in the free haircutting as well, or does she tend to leave that? No, you can't. You can't talk to me about Magda's hair. I mean, this is a, the, probably the number one thing that gets discussed in this team more than anything else is all the treatment she's using and all the things she's trying to do to make her hair look better. So I think the last thing she does is cut it. She's trying to add to it usually, not take it away. <laughs> I've become well versed in hair. You you obviously have. This is this is good for your future, I think. Um, you've obviously uh, yeah, had a lovely haircut and uh, you mentioned the, how good the food is in Rome. What particularly do you like? Obviously, when you're in Rome, pizza and pasta is always a favourite for everyone. But the, 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 the on-site food, which, you know, traditionally is, is usually quite basic food. You know, you have your sandwiches and your pasta station and maybe salad bar. But here they go above and beyond. I mean, you've got any kind of, you know, pizzas fresh cooked from the stone oven, to a huge gelato bar with every flavor of ice cream you could want, to a full dessert station with cakes and tiramisu. And then you've got your, you know, instead of the, you know, just a, a simple salad bar, you've got plates prepared with parma ham and um, 
mozzarella and um, all kinds of tomatoes. I mean, it's just... Sounds heavenly. It, it sounds very dangerous as well. How's the accommodation? Accommodation this year is great. It's, this is one of the tournaments where it can be a little bit trickier because Rome is, you know, it's a big city, but it's it's limited in what it offers from a hotel standpoint. But this year we found a really nice hotel, the A Roma Hotel, which is about uh, with no traffic, 15, 20 minutes away. So it is a bit further uh, than a lot of the, the hotels in the city. But um, it makes a difference. I have to say the hotel will often dictate your opinion on how much you like a place. So when you have a nice hotel with comfortable beds and a nice room that's quiet and clean, it really it elevates your entire opinion of the tournament itself. And is that all covered for you and Magda? So um, every, you know, I think we've, we've touched on it a little bit, but this week it's a thousand level event. So a thousand level events provide main draw players with a minimum of 10 nights of accommodation that, that is paid for, for one room. This is the first year, I believe, it could have been the same last year, but we weren't here last year, so I need to confirm that that the top 32 players also get a second room paid for for the coach. So it's this year, it's uh, it's a bonus that they get two rooms, but I believe this is the first event that's done that. So it's uh, it's nice because obviously, no matter what happens here, we're going to play Strasbourg, which is the week after this event, and then that leads into to the French Open. So this is nice because it gives us a good place to train here no matter what happens in the singles and doubles this week with accommodation is covered so we can stay here um, you know, for a relatively long time and it's obviously a nice place to be. So obviously Magda has her own room, you have your own room, Ian Hughes, your co-coach has his own room and you also have a, a fourth member of the team. Yeah, this week we have um, we have uh, a physio with us. He's he's from Portugal but he lives in England for a long time. He's um, He used to work on tour with Belinda Bencic and he was then working, he started in football, actually he was working for Notts County and then Nottingham Forest as one of the head physiotherapists for them. But I think he really missed being on the tour and the travel. And I think he said to me, to be honest, I found that the tennis players just worked a lot harder, you know, and the football guys, you know, the problem is, is with those guys that they're, they're making their salary, whether they play or not. Mm. So the urgency and the desperation for sometimes maybe them to, to get back wasn't as much as it is for the tennis players who don't get paid. But I think he just was, you know, missed the traveling and it's a different, you know, it's an individual sport. And um, so, uh, yeah, he's back with us. He's, he's with us and he's been doing a great job. And she's actually sharing him with uh, another player on tour, Bernarda Perra, who's a good friend and doubles partner of Magda. So it's um, it's a nice combination. But definitely, like, like you mentioned, it does add. I mean, we try to share rooms with with coaches most of the time just to cut costs. But um, this week, yeah, it's it's trickier when there's so many of us. I remember you saying after Magda got to the semi-finals of the Australian Open that the amount of prize money that that gave her allowed her to have the uh, good fortune to perhaps have a physio on tour when you most needed one. And it is a big perk, isn't it? We see a lot of the ATP players travel with their own physios week on week, but it's not the same for the WTA tour. No, exactly right. I think one of the the big things that happened when she did well in Australia this year was the, the extra money she made. What she's good at is some players might take that money and go buy a house or a car or she invests it back into herself. So it's like, okay, I have maybe a little bit of extra money. I can now pamper myself a little bit by instead of having to use the on-site physios where you sign up for half an hour, 45 minutes of treatment when there's availability. So I might have to practice at 10 a.m. to 11, but I can't see a physio till 5. So I've got to hang around. Now she has the luxury of, no, no, 
we'll do our practice. We can come back to the hotel. I can rest, take a nap, watch some TV. And then he comes to the room. He's got all his equipment, the massage table, etc. And she can have treatment in the comfort of the room while watching TV. And that makes a big difference. You know, that really does. It shortens a day. It makes it more, just more convenient. And obviously she's then getting a physio that is familiar with her, her issues, body, everything like that. So I think that's where, you know, it's been nice that she's done well this year to have a little bit of extra money available to invest. So he was with you in Madrid. He's with you in Rome. Will he go to Strasbourg and then Roland Garros? He will do Strasbourg, but not Roland Garros. He uh, he likes to also make sure we know he has a wife at home as well. So he can't <laughs> always, he's got to keep other people happy as well. But uh, no, he's great. And also, you know, Roland Garros, when you get to the slams, there's a little bit more, uh, they provide more physios on site. So it does get a little bit easier. And honestly, again, it, it does come down so much to the financial part with the Fr- French Open, that the prices of hotels there. It's it's very expensive. You know, you're you're hard pressed to find anything under three three fifty a night. So it's um it's very expensive. And and you kind of hope that up to the French Open, having him now will kind of have her in good shape by the time we get to Paris, so that any major issues are dealt with, and then she can just be ready to play there. Yeah, it's a huge perk. Is that something that uh, looking forward you might think about doing more of, perhaps sharing a physio? That does seem like a very good idea because I'm sure that he could probably fit in say three or four women into his daily routine. Do you think that's possible? I think it's a great idea to have a physio that you share. I, I, I don't think it's a bad thing to even have a coach or a, or a, that you share as well, but I've been told that that by many of the, the women will not work. So, um, no, I think it's a great idea that she shares a physio as much as possible now that she has a little bit of um, extra income. Um, I, I, think it's, I think it's a great thing at her age and also with Bernarda being such a good friend and a doubles partner, you know, they work things out together in terms of, you know, well, you take him here and I'll have him in the morning kind of thing. And um, <laughs> it's it's a nice dynamic. It, it works well. And he's done a great job of managing the situation. And I think they're both real happy with how it's worked out. Now, we know that there are perks for the top 20 players and Magda's moved into that upper echelon. And you said here for the top 32, because 32 um, players are seeded in this new expanded format. Are there any other perks apart from having two rooms paid for? Do you have transportation uh, do you have uh, separate dining is there anything extra you know some events you know it's funny because I was I said to Ian yesterday I said it's I remember when you turn 18 and you can finally get into a nightclub <laughs> and then the one you really want to get into you turn up to and they tell you, you know you've got to be 21 and over <laughs> to get into this one we've been seated it's been nice that the big perk this week having a hotel extra room paid for that's great transport not really what has been nice is that you get to she gets a separate here it's it's a little unusual actually they have a separate stringing area for the seated players mm-hmm. and also a separate locker room which is a little bit extra with a separate lounge so there's definitely some perks here this week which is not necessarily the case in a lot of other tournaments we've we experienced i think it was in um was it madrid actually i think that if she'd been top 16 seed she would have got to use the different gym and the new locker rooms and all that, but she was 17 seed, I think. So we missed out on that by one. But in general, I think you get a little bit better treatment. And although I do prefer equality, I think amongst the players, one of the things that I've learned the last few months is that being seeded, they do have more obligations now. They do have more things they have to do. She has more media requests she has more events she has to do for the wta or tournament directors are demanding more of her time for things so then you can understand why 
you know, if you want to have Magda come and do something for the tournament at 7 p.m., okay, she'll do it, but you better provide her transport or guarantee her a practice court the next day yeah. because she's got to be there late on site. So there is there is that part which I think I wasn't so uh, understanding of until now, but you see the extra demands that have been put on her and you realise why those, those rules are in place. There are a lot of extra uh, demands on her time. Just quickly going back to Bernarda Perra, you mentioned how good friends they are and I believe they were supposed to be playing doubles together. But that hasn't worked out. And Magda's now playing with Marketa von Drusova, who she beat in the opening round in Madrid. So how did that come about? Yeah, unfortunately, between Madrid finishing and Rome, I uh, I know Bernardo played a couple of extra matches, maybe in a club match. I'm not exactly sure where, but injured her wrist during that time. And so she's she's, you know, maybe wanting to be a bit cautious and not, you know, cause any extra issues. So she said to Magda, I think probably you're better off playing with somebody else this week just to give me more time to recover and I don't want to have to withdraw on you last minute. So, you know, again, it's a bit chaotic before the 12 o'clock deadline on Tuesday to sign in, which was yesterday. But what we basically do is is you're looking at on-site, there was five teams that are accepted on-site from the sign-in. So when Magda signed, had Magda signed in with Bernardo, she would have got in. But since, because I just mentioned, so they didn't sign in together. So we basically looked at the teams that had not got in. There was three or four teams that were not going to be in those top five. One of them happened to be Marketa Vondrasova with Linda Nozkova, who is another Czech player who we actually play in the second round tomorrow. She did not, they wouldn't get in together. So basically it's a situation where both of those players aren't helping each other. You know, so so Vondrasova has the higher ranking. If she re-signed with Magda, the way it works is very simple. You take Marquetta's singles ranking and Magda's singles ranking and you add them together. So right. I think they added up to, say, 53. And the last team that got in combined ranking would have been 59. So they get in. Whereas if Marquetta stayed with Linda, they both don't get in. So it was a question of we asked her or Magda asked her and she said, yeah, I definitely want to repair. And again, it, it, it's it's sad for Linda, but she'll rev up the rankings. She's a good player. She'll, she'll have chances. And she's only young, but... You know, it's it's another situation. It comes down to you want to play doubles. You want to. It's a big event. It's a thousand level event. There's money. So, yeah, definitely something that you want to try and play if possible. Yeah, it's fascinating how it all comes about. And and continuing on with doubles, this is a bit of a controversial matter. And uh, please don't go into it uh, if you don't feel comfortable. But we saw Kate Gates last week in Madrid, didn't we? Where something happened, and then of course we had the women's final with Vika Azarenka and Bia had admired teaming up to beat Coco Goff and Jesse Pagula, and none of those four were allowed or able to speak after the tournament. Uh, nobody really knows why. I presume that's quite a hot topic in Rome. Yes, there's a lot of talk about it. There's rumours. There were some tweets that I saw. I think some of it was all a little bit, I don't know if it's tongue-in-cheek or, you know, maybe some of it got a little bit unnecessary, but whatever the situation is, it's completely unacceptable that the girls weren't allowed to talk after that match. You cannot censor the players like this mm. because also on the flip side of this, these girls don't work for the WTA. They're independent contractors. And and I don't actually think this came from the WTA. This came from the tournament, the, the, the Madrid Open itself. It's not the WTA that was the issue here. And I think rightly so, they've been criticised for it. And I think that the, for me... From I, I need to get to know more of the facts. I know some right now, but 
there needs to be some consequences or ramifications for what they did because that's unacceptable. You cannot imagine this being the other way around with the men not being allowed to talk. And uh, that for me is not not acceptable to censor them and to not allow them to have a voice. And we believe this stems from the fact that Carlos Alcaraz was given a large cake for his 20th birthday and Irina Sabalenka, the eventual women's champion, was given a one-tiered cake for her 25th birthday. I don't think it was anything really about that, but I think it's it stemmed from that. For me, that's the part where it's the cake thing is a non-issue. It doesn't <laughs> matter. You know, I, I, if, if you go to the US Open and it's Serena's birthday and Magda's birthday at the same time, you know they're going to do a bigger deal for Serena, and yeah. that's okay. And if they go to Poland and it's Magda's birthday, they're going to do the same thing for Magda. There. It's it, it's okay. I think that was a little bit of a, a sort of the straw that broke the camel's back, and there's other issues, and that was the moment where this kind of went, okay, we can use this as a little bit of a – uh, uh, you know, a beginning point, but I don't think that was, the, that's not the real issue. That's highlighting that there are a lot of differences in the treatment, in in prize money, in, in, in you know, just the general environment that the players are given for men and women at those tournaments, Madrid being one of them. And obviously there's a lot of issues there that need to be dealt with. And I, I don't, yeah, I don't know all the details, but I think that there's definitely some some big issues that need to be addressed. Yeah, it's very well put. And uh, thanks for addressing that because it is a controversial subject. I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more from it. Uh, so what do you have the rest of the day planned? We believe that Magda, weather permitting anyway, is going to start her Rome campaign tomorrow. As you said earlier, she's going to be playing Linda Noskova, um, who won a three-set battle against Shelby Rogers yesterday. And the 18-year-old is quite a good player, isn't she? She got to the final of Adelaide one earlier. She's been a little bit injured and looked rusty against Rogers, but she's quite a tricky competitor. Absolutely, yeah. We were scheduled to play tomorrow, although I'm not sure right now it's going to happen because as you, as we're recording this, it's raining pretty badly. So I'm not sure how tomorrow is going to be affected by today's rain. We'll see. But obviously, Linda's a real good up-and-coming player. She had a, a, a strong win yesterday over Shelby Rogers, who's about 30 in the world. She's been in the quarterfinals of the French Open, so she knows how to play on clay. Mm. She's had some good results this year. And Linda's been struggling a little bit with some injuries, I believe, although I'm not sure what. Um, that was a good win for her yesterday. And I actually sat both side and, and Magda and Ian were there as well watching some of that match. And it was um, it was a lot of ebbs and flows, changes of momentum. I thought that it would probably be uh, I thought Shelby looked pretty good um, at the beginning of that third set. She came out and didn't miss a ball, went up 4-1 and looked real strong. And then maybe a couple of loose points and um, Linda kind of got back into it. And that's tennis. So it was, yeah, it was a hard-fought match. It's going to be a tough one for us, but there's no easy matches in the second round of a thousand-level event. So we're really prepare our best and I think just focus on what we have to do. And just finally, before we go, I'd love your thoughts on uh, the return to action of Barbora Strikova, the 37-year-old mother of one. She had uh, a couple of years off, didn't she, for maternity leave. She did play in Madrid. She lost to uh, Elisabetta Cocheretto in a good two-setter, but she won yesterday and her delight was absolutely evident for everyone to see. It's amazing, isn't it, how many mothers are now on tour? Uh, it's a, you have to have big respect and give them a lot of credit for what they've done. I mean, as a man, I'm never going to understand how hard <laughs> it is to do it, but I can only imagine. I mean, I've always had a lot of respect for someone like Tatiana Maria as well, who's who's had two kids now, and she travels on the tour 
And, you know, we see her in the hotel in the evening sometimes. She's sitting in the restaurant doing an English class with, with one of her kids, you know, or going through maths with them and doing – so she's she's playing, she's doing her fitness, she's traveling with two kids. I'm sure she doesn't sleep great all the time at night and online tutoring with them. So big respect for them. And Barbara was – I mean, the thing is she was such a crafty player. She's such an intelligent tennis player. She, you don't lose that. You don't lose – the intelligence part maybe maybe she's going to end up becoming a better player because of it because she's going to understand the moments a bit more and appreciate opportunities so yeah I mean it's impressive what she's done and I think there's so many now that are, are doing a great job coming back from 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 having a baby yeah it really is extraordinary all right Mark Gellard uh, you've got a busy day ahead hopefully the rain will stop and you can get some practice in and uh, we thank you very much once again, Diary of a Professional Tennis Coach, over and out for one more session. But we'll be back very soon with the one and only Mark Gellard. Thanks, Candy. Thanks, everyone, for listening. <laughs>